Real people, real conversations over coffee. This is Meet Me for Coffee. Hi, everyone. This is Rick Soda, your relationship coach, talking to you from, uh, right now I'm in Ironwood, Michigan, the upper peninsula of upper Michigan. So I, I noticed when we talked uh, the other night, your, your phone number says from Lake Ozark. It is. Yeah. I, I, I lived in Lake of the Ozarks for about 12 years and uh, about six, seven years ago when I retired as a financial advisor, I moved up to Kansas City to finish writing my book, Dating Backward, because my, my co-author lived there and uh, it was just a lot more convenient to, to try to finish the writing process and put the book together when we were in close proximity. I'm sure you've heard of Ozark, the show on Netflix, where it takes place, well, on the Ozark Lake, right? So, yes. So now your relationship, um, you give advice, this and that. How'd you get to this point? Like you say, you were a local <laughs> advisor. Now you're into relationship advice, right? I am, and that's that's an interesting story. Um, it's, it, I've, I've been a student of self and relationship improvement for, uh, I don't know, 36 or 37 years now. And it, it's just been a passion of mine. I, it, and it started as, as learning to be a better salesman uh, I, because I've been in sales for, oh gosh, over 40 years now. And, you know, it's just learning my craft and learning, learning, uh, learning how to close sales and talk to people because I was, I was a bit shy at the, you know, through, through most of my life. And uh, you can't tell that now. <laughs> just, just ask me and I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 and it developed in, into learning more about myself, getting into, into self-help books and, and, you know, the CDs and tapes and all those things. And, um, for about 20 years, uh, my last career was, was as a financial advisor, which I absolutely love. But toward, after my divorce in the last couple of years, I was in that industry. It just was no longer my passion. And I was on the phone with a friend of mine and, and she asked me what, what my passion was. And it took me about a week or 10 days. And again, being reasonably newly divorced, I, I started looking at all the divorce statistics and, and thinking about the process that I went through and, and recognizing all the mistakes that I had made. You know, my ex made mistakes too. It, it takes two to tango. But, you know, I, I started recognizing the things that I did wrong. And I can, and, and don't misunderstand me, I'm not running her down at all, but I can go back to the first 30 days that we dated and see red flags, you know, and that, that I should have walked away from that relationship early on. But the the reality is, I have a, a wonderful daughter and and beautiful grandkids from that you know from from my marriage. So I mean, there were a lot of good things about it, but there were there were ultimately issues that that I identified early on that ultimately came back to to help destroy that marriage. And um, so. I, I, I was on the phone with my friend uh, a couple of weeks later and I started laying out the premise for a book and on dating and relationships to, to help people um, think through their dating process and, and do it on a, on a smarter level. 
um, so that we're not trying to fix something that's broken. We, if we find the right person up front, we don't have a lot of heavy lifting to do on the, on the, on the back end of, of the relationship or in the marriage. And as I started laying out the premise for the book, she started throwing great ideas back at me. And I said, why don't you help me write this book? She stopped and said, okay. A couple of days later, we had a working outline and we were off to the races. And then from there, it, it, a couple of months into the writing, I realized, well, this is what I want to do when I grow up. So here I am. I retired from financial planning, sold my practice, and I've been doing this for the last seven years. Do you f- feel that uh, when people, you say you have the red flags in the first 30 days of dating, well, who's now your ex wife? We've all seen the red flags. Is that because we have the need to be loved? Well, I think there's there's any number of reasons. It could be that that we we need to be loved. It could be that we we feel and and so many people that I talk to say I I need to be in a relationship. I've got to have somebody in my life. And what I try to explain to them is that you're dating from a position of weakness when you when you're dating in in that. In, in, in that means, or you're, you're dating it desperately. That's what it is. Exactly. It's, it's desperation. And, and whenever you're dating from a position of weakness or desperation, the other person has all the power. You, you need to be in a position that, that, that you're comfortable with your own, uh, with your own company. That, that it doesn't mean that we don't get lonely. You know, we all get lonely. You know, I think you're, I think I heard on one of your previous interviews that you're relatively newly married and you know, it's like, it would be like when your, your wife went away for a while, you get lonely without her because you're used to her being there. And um, we, and, and we have to take time. Uh, for those of us that are single, we have to take time between our past relationship and now to, to get healthy and say, okay, I'm happy with my, with my own company. Um, doesn't mean that I don't want somebody in my life, but it just, it, it, it just means that if it doesn't happen, I'm okay. And too many people date from that position of weakness saying, oh, I just have to have somebody. And then we'll date anyone, you know, any, anyone that shows interest in them. And I'll give my father credit on this word of advice that he told me, which, you know, we mean to give people credit, especially my father, because sometimes we really have it out with each other. Um, <laughs> he's like, cause, cause we're, we're, my family's from Cyprus, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, family values has always been a big thing for us. So he's like, if you ha- find somebody that does, if you won't have anybody be with you until they understand you basically, like they can't put up with what you've got going on with the family and whatever. A lot of people aren't raised the same. So that's right. That was something that was good for me. And especially when I met my wife, uh, I think I'm guilty of this. A lot of people are guilty of this going into relationships and trying to be somebody they're not. And then when you move in with somebody or that person, a special person for you, it doesn't really pan out because now you're backtracking. Oh, well, you said this, so well, you were doing this. So my approach this time was like, I will be upfront with her. And if she doesn't like it, I tried. I, I actually just, well, I didn't try. I just said, said the truth, speak the truth and uh, be grateful for the opportunity. That's basically what, how it is in life. But now I look back, it's like, hey, I'm in this spot now. And it actually worked out for me. The honesty thing, <laughs> being real, like I'm not a millionaire. Uh, you know, so do you think people like, um, 
upsell their stock when they go out with somebody new. Oh, it, they, yeah. And it's, it's, um, it, it, that's so common and it, it's, it's such a hindrance to, to an extraordinary relationship. And you see this in, in, especially in, in men's profiles when you're online dating, you know, and, and it, and it's a guy thing. We try to, we try to, um, we try to inflate ourselves and, and it, it, it's a pride thing. We, 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 present ourselves as being richer than we are, taller than we are, uh, more successful than we are in, in hopes that, uh, uh, that we can win her heart. And then it'll all be okay when, when we start peeling back the layers and she sees that we're not as tall as we are. We're, you know, and, and none of the things that we portrayed ourselves to be. And that is such a, uh, a terrible way to start a relationship. You can't start a, a strong relationship on lies. And that's why I compliment you on just being who you are. Thank you. And, 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 and yes, we all want to put our best foot forward in a, in, in a new relationship, but you know, the sooner you come out with who you are, this is how I am. This is what I do. You can, your, your honesty will say, uh, to your partner that, yeah, he's honest with it. It may not be the right relationship, but you know, uh, at least I know where I stand. I know where he stands. And then you can make some good decisions from there. You can't make good decisions when people are feeding you, um, feeding you lies. Yeah. Lies are, uh, uh, what would you call the, uh, twisted reality, you know? So it's, uh, for me, I, I showed up driving a Honda Civic. I was driving a Honda Civic for the last uh, 10 years and that's I never really wanted to upgrade from that car obviously now I have a truck but um, I'm just saying like I didn't upsell myself I just, I, exactly I'm a really normal person simple person um, I believe in telling the truth and I tell our our kids tell the truth always tell the truth people don't like me a lot like in, in my industry people don't like me a lot because I speak the truth right it's like I, I'll tell you how it actually is like, Hey, you know, that's wrong. Right? That's when people put up a lie, I'll tell you the truth because that's what's right. This, I want to hear the truth. The truth hurts people more, but you get past it a lot faster because reality hits you and it's like, Oh, well there's my self reflection. And that's how you move on. Now describe uh, the difference between true love, finding the one for you, and just lust, you know, like you find that person's like, oh man, like I, I really, really like her. I, I have this really fuzzy feeling inside of me. I got butterflies or whatever. But when you find the one for you, like for me, it was like, this is really different. Can you explain what the difference is between lust? Yeah, and- it, it, yeah there's, there are some real fundamental differences. Um, and I was sharing this with, with some folks today is there's, there are what I call the four cornerstones of great relationships. And you have to have an intellectual connection. You have to be able to talk to that person. And when I mean talk, um, in an extraordinary relationship, you're going to have great communication. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. You know, it's going to be, you know, some of the conversations you're going to have are going to be very tough, very difficult. Somebody's toes are going to get stepped on. 
but you can communicate in, 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 on, on a very deep level and you're going to share similar morals and values. Um, you have to have a spiritual connection and, and I don't care what religion you are, whether if you're a Christian, be with a Christian, if you're a Muslim, be with a Muslim, you know, if you're an atheist, be with an atheist, because when you're in, in biblically, they, they say be equally yoked. And what that means is, is to me is that you're, you're, you're traveling in the same direction spiritually. And I've, I've seen so many relationships die because one is spiritual, the other is not, and the other makes up all kinds of reasons not to be. And whenever you come across that, it's, it's, it's going to drive a wedge into the relationship. And I'm such a firm believer of, of taking out as many of the roadblocks or the, the hurdles or the problems up front. You know, if you're not on the same page there, move on. You know, and, and don't, but but don't try to say, oh yes, I'll go to church with you or whatever. I'll go to synagogue with you, whatever it is. Don't make that promise and then not follow through because that's only going to uh, taint the relationship down the road. Then you have to have an emotional, an emotional connection. And for the and, and I just had a, was talking with with our friend Tammy uh, this morning, and it it just it dawned on me that that that. Um, the emotional connection is more than just love. You know, there, that is a huge component of it, but it's having an emotional connection to connecting with someone, um, touching someone, uh, and them touching you in return. And I'm not talk, talking physically. I'm talking about emotionally where you, you just connect on such a deep level that, um, you know, you can sense your, your partner's, um, joy, their anxiety, and without really having to say much. I mean, you know, or, or if they, they say something, you, you can, you both become emotionally and uh, connected together. You know, you both understand each other emotionally. And then there's a the physical connection. And, and this, you talked about lust. This is, this is the cornerstone that, that so many people build a relationship on. Oh, she's so hot, or he's, he's such a stud, or, you know, whatever it is that, um, you know, it, it it and 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 it's not it it's it, and it's not just sexual. It's it's the outward looks. It's the physical appearance. And we all want to be attracted to our to our to our partner. Um, and and beauty is subjective. It's it's whatever you find beautiful. Um, my my definition may be totally different than yours. Um, but these are the four cornerstones: intellectual, spiritual, emotional, and physical. These this is the bedrock for for extraordinary relationships. Relationships, and it, if you if you think about these these four cornerstones as a table, uh, a four legged table, you know it, it, it's you need all four legs for stability. If you remove one leg, the table automatically becomes unstable. And I can uh, you know I could balance a table on just one leg, you know for a, for a period of time, and that's usually going to be the physical. Uh, the, the physical cornerstone. You can balance it on that for a given period of time, but the minute there's a disruption, you know, the just a, the slightest puff of air, and that table's going to go falling over. So, you know, when when you start building a relationship on those four cornerstones, you're naturally going to drift away from 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 the lustful. Uh, 
the lustful desire, and, and don't don't misunderstand me, the lust or the the physical desire is still there, but you're building it on you're you're building that true relationship, that that soulmate or extraordinary relationship on more than just sex or more than just physical beauty. You know, you're you're developing this deep emotional connection. Um, and besides, who wants to wake up next to somebody they can't have a conversation with in the morning? You know, <laughs> I always talk about this with my wife and we basically agreed to this. You know, let's not make our lives more complicated than it has to be. Right. We both have past experiences. Very, It's very uh, pivotal for a lot of people to learn from those experiences. First off, right? They, they, those experiences make you a better person. They, we, we talked about a week and a half ago, uh, Rick, and I told you that you know, it's, a, it's a learning block. You don't know what you need until you go through those motions, right? Yeah. And by the way, I just want to say it on the record, she is Catholic and I'm Greek Orthodox. Mm-hmm. And my family listening right now, you can fast forward it, but I do enjoy having two Easter's, you know, it's not that bad. There you go. And I go to church sometimes with them and it's really not that bad. It's kind of refreshing to see another side of, of religion, but I do accept it. You have to accept it because yeah. if I'm dating a Muslim woman, obviously like that's not going to work out with my family. Right? I'm not going to go to a mosque because we have a bunch of people who are Greek Orthodox in my family and they're very serious about this. You know, they told me I can go to Catholic church, but don't, don't eat the wafer. Don't, don't, don't worry. I won't eat the wafer. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm there to support her and, and the kid. Yeah. And, and you know what? It, it is what it is. We have to make it work. Um, but in other aspects, what are some red flags, some, some, primary red flags that you see in relationships today is it people who are well they're, they're arguing say i'm arguing is it because i'm not happy with that person i'm happy with myself do people need self-growth is that why they they, they come apart at some point you know <laughs> Well, I think there there's any number of reasons. Money notoriously is is a is a, a big divider of families. But I, I, I think deeper than that, um, when you when you accept somebody as your mate, um, you get married and and you 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 miss the red flags or you 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 ignore the red flags. Uh, just we'll use me as an example. When I did when when uh, I was first dating, and I saw all these with or started saw a number of them within my within the first thirty days that I dated her. Uh, but you know, but we're blinded because we're overcome with infatuation and raging hormones, and so we have to learn to step back from that from the infatuation and raging hormones, and take a look. Does does he have everything that I'm looking for? Does she have everything that I'm looking for? Um, and so, and again, I go back to the the at the beginning when I said you want to take as many of the roadblocks out of out of the way, and unfortunately. I would guess 85 to 90% of couples settle for less than extraordinary. They, they, they settle for a relationship. Uh, they tell themselves, well, I'll never find anybody better. Um, he treats me well. I don't like these things, but you know, I don't want to start over. So you end up, you end up staying in a relationship that's not ideal. That's not extraordinary. 
Um, so the arguments, the the arguments, the anxiety, the, the the problems in the relationship could be any number of things. But these are things that that we ignored early on. And I I, I believe and I teach that you need to air these things out and, and you need to be an adult. You need to have adult conversations with each other. And, you know, so many times, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings or, you know, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Well, they're not your feelings. They're not yours to hurt. If she, if her feelings are hurt or if your feelings are hurt, that's on you. Nobody controls your emotions, but you. And so when we come to that realization, it's easier to have more difficult conversations with each other and, um, and, and air things out and say, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is, uh, this is what I want in a relationship. And if they, if they come back and say, well, yeah, I can't give that to you, or that's not who I am, then, then you can part ways. And if you do this early, early have these types of conversations early on, you're not going to end up in a marriage in, in 10 years down the road, 15, 20 years down the road, and be, be bitter enemies, you know, it's, 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 it's much better to recognize these things in the first 30, 60, 90 days and, and then move on because you both deserve extraordinary. And if one of you isn't happy, the other one is going to be miserable also, you know, and you both deserve extraordinary. So, um, so you, you, you just have to be an adult and let the relationship go. And, I, you know, and it, it becomes more difficult the longer you stay in the relationship because you, the, the emotions start getting wrapped up and, and you, know, you start getting into routines. And it's, it's harder to break all of those things. You know? So, um, so I, I know that was kind of a convoluted answer to, oh, to my your question. Pretty convoluted too. I was just thinking about that now. It's like he's giving me – uh, a crazy answer, but like I, I blame myself, which is you got to take the blame in relationships, also, right? You got to put your head exactly. down. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. this and this is this relationship here. Me and you talking. I take the blame for that answer coming out of your mouth because that was my fault. Um, so where can people find you if they want to talk to you? You're you're online, right? I'm online. I have a website. It's ricksodabeer.com. And that's R-I-C-K-S like Sam, O-E-T-E-B-I-E-R.com. And, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook. You can go to at Rick Soda Beer Coach and check out my, my Facebook page. If you like it, you get my daily tips, insights, and inspirations in, in your newsfeed. Um, I write a weekly blog and I also, that, that blog is also available on video in a video format on YouTube. So just go to Rick Soda Beer on YouTube. And, um, then my book is available. The book is called Dating Backward, A Practical Guide to Dating and Finding Your Soulmate. And we cover a lot of stuff. We cover the four cornerstones of great relationships that we just talked about. Um, we talk about communication. We devote two and a half chapters to, to great communication. Um, then we talk about some of the, some of the issues of, of toxic relationships. We touch a little bit on, on narcissism, codependency, emotional immaturity, things that should be throwing up red flags that, that we don't necessarily recognize or don't 
don't necessarily understand. Um, so we cover a lot of that material. And, 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 and we're not trying to diagnose anybody. It's very high level, but just to give you some, some potential red flags. And then, um, and that, again, that's available on my website under resources. And, or if you want to go to Amazon, you can go to Amazon, get it on a, in, in paperback, or it's in the Kindle, their e-reader e version. Um, and then uh, if, if, if you all go to my website, right at the top of the page, you can download a free copy, free um, of the five biggest dating and relationship mistakes and how to avoid them. And all you have to do is click the button, put in your name and email address, and uh, within, I don't know, 10 seconds, it's in your email box or your inbox. And uh, it's, it's, it, it covers some of the, some of the biggest mistakes. Um, I think I've made all of those mistakes uh, multiple times. So, <laughs> Uh, for anybody that's, that's listening and, and wants to uh, try to avoid some of those, learn from my mistakes. Live and learn. That's what it's called. <laughs> exactly. Finally, the big question, Rick, how do you take your coffee? I don't. I don't. I've never learned how to drink coffee. I've had two cups in my life and I've both times I thought I was going to die. You know, I love, I love the smell of it brewing in the morning, but there wasn't enough cream in the restaurant to, to make it, make it any better. So how do you get your energy? You just, do you exercise? Do you, uh... I do, I work out a little bit. I try to work out about three or four times a week and, and or five times, four times a week. And uh, it's just, I'm, I've gotten to a point in my life where I've put enough of my past behind me that I'm happy almost every day. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy for me to get up and get going. Now, Rick's a really down-to-earth guy. Before we start recording here, behind him is an old sign from his, it's your father's business, right? Correct. Yep. And uh, what do they uh, produce? It was, uh, for those of you that might be familiar, it was a pasty. And it's basically meat and potatoes wrapped in a pie crust. And it's it's origin is with the Welsh miners uh, in, in the UK and their wives would, would just take the leftovers from the night before, wrap it into pie crust and, and bake it. And then the, the miners would take it into, into the mines and put it on their shovel. It was wrapped in a towel. They'd put it on their shovel and heat it over their lanterns. So they had a warm meal and, you know, when they were down in the cold, damp mines. So, um, but that was my father's business for many, many years. And uh, up, up in the, the northern, northern Michigan, northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota areas, that's a very popular, popular food. And I'm, I'm starting to find little pockets around the, around the country where, where a pasty is, is, is known and is, is loved. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting no, to have to go through my mind right now. It's like, you know, this, this really sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, I, one day I'd like to come down there and have a pasty one day. Absolutely. Tastes. Well, until next time, Rick, um, let's, let's tell people where they can find uh, your, your website again, just to kind of repeat it and get it into people's heads. And every day at five o'clock, you have a Facebook live 
every Monday, every Monday, a Facebook live called Monday Mastery live at five. And that's five central time. And uh, you can check me out again at ricksodabeer.com. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to have coffee with me. George, thank you.